on the move. Blasted towards goal. Chenku Jack got it there. Chenku Jack's first goal in AFL footy. He looks brilliant. Wingard. Spinning move was superb. How good that time to look over his shoulder. Chad Wingard, brilliant. Simply brilliant. That Brockman by hand. More, more bends it. Nails it. The Hawks are up by three goals. Grabs the jumper. Welcome back to the Hawthorne Fancast, episode number three. Today we'll be reviewing our round five loss and gather round against the Giants. We went down by two points and we'll also be previewing our next game against Adelaide in Utah. James, how are you? Pretty good. Pretty heartbroken after the loss on the weekend, but it was interesting because I feel like we played four quarters for probably the first time this year. So there was plenty of positive positives to take out of the game. I'm going to go off the long run here and say that this is a big turning point in terms of the fortunes for our club. I know it's a massive call to make, but it's the first time I think I've seen us play a good four quarters of footy in about two years, really. It's maybe since the, maybe the Port game last year. I've got that feeling too, Matt. I feel like it was a win that was for the taking. We probably let ourselves da- uh, down at the end, but our, our youngsters shined. Our, vet- our veterans probably let us down at crucial moments, um, and we probably lacked composure in the last stages. Otherwise, it was ours. Yeah, it was a weird game like that. The young guys really stood up. I mean, I can't get over how well our midfield's been. It might be one of our best midfield performances in the yep. last couple of years. I mean, Newcomb, Nash and Warple were fantastic in the absence of Will Day. And you're right, it was a bit of the uh, the heads down back especially that weren't really calm under pressure this week, were, were they? No, and I'll take you back to the last quarter where we saw Seamus Mitchell have a nice kick out and I think it led to a goal down the other end and we I think it might have even put us up 14 points in the last quarter, which was, which was our biggest lead of the game. And then with five minutes to go, Frost took some nice marks and played on straight away and we're like, Frosty... What are you doing? Kind of heart and mouth stuff, but you live by Frostball and you die by Frostball. Am I right? Yeah, that was uh, that was just one of those moments where you you just put your head in your hands and just go, why? Why? How have you been playing for this long? But uh, yeah, look, I thought Frosty actually had an all right game to start off with and he, he can be really reliable at times, but it's one of the things with Frosty that's really hard is that he'll do something really good and then he'll make a immediate mistake afterwards. And we're saying during the game how good we were between the arcs. I feel like our midfield battled so well. We were good at getting it out of contest. And when it was getting pinged into our uh, defense or we were kicking it into the forward line, we really struggled. It's a weird life, AFL football, a weird world, actually, because last season our biggest issue was our midfield. Win the clearance! Win the clearance! Right. We couldn't win a clearance. We couldn't win a centre clearance for anything. And all the old heads we got rid of mainly were in the midfield, and now we're doing really well in the midfield, and all our other younger midfielders are standing up, and we don't have any problems with that. I think we might be first for clearance differential right now. I saw a stat today, which is fantastic, but the issue really does remain, uh, as you mentioned, between the arcs. Uh, our lack of key position talent is really exposing us uh, throughout these really tight games where we had actually more inside 50s for once, and I was really happy about that, and I made a big call last week on the podcast saying that if we won the inside 50s, we'd win the game. Now, we only had one more, granted, mm-hmm. but I think our biggest issue was our efficiency going in there, and that's because we didn't really have the heads to, you know, the tall targets to hit to give our smalls a good chance. But our Fergus Green, I wanted to start off with, talk about today. Yep. What'd you make of him? Best game for the club, probably. Yeah, I'd agree. I just think he's been an absolute revelation. I mean, a Box Hill product, his draw with Luke Brewster in our goal kicking right now, he kicked three on the weekend. I just wanted to give a special mention. I know we haven't really spoken to, about him much on the podcast no, yet. But we love him, don't we? We do love Fergus. I was so happy when he got drafted. Um, I remember us sitting on the on the couch for a period of two or three years there going, 
Why haven't we signed Fergus yet? This guy's a fantastic player. Dominating at Box Hill. And he's just filling a role that we need, obviously, with Gunston going out. And he's doing it without Mitch Lewis, which, thank God, this is the last podcast that we'll be talking about with him out of the side because come next week, we'll be talking about his inclusion. Yeah, don't hold your breath. I'm, I'm always prepared for them to Never say one know. more week just to, you know, with these little niggly injuries like that, it can... Uh, can be unpredictable at times. But yeah, Fergus Green finished the game with three goals, our most marks, and he's supposed to be playing that third key forward, sort of third tall yep. role, and he's actually doing fantastic as really the main key forward right now. One thing I wanted to talk about um, also while we're on the positive still is Seamus Mitchell, as you mentioned. Good debut. Fantastic debut. That play he did at the end of the game where he hit that target in the middle of the field, I don't remember who he hit exactly. Targets. Yeah, it was. It was just a risk to take at that stage of the game. To show that level of composure where it could have gone really, really south for him, I was so happy for Seamus Mitchell, who, in all fairness, has toyed away at Box Hill for a couple of years now and just finally got his chance. It's funny you bring up that moment. Do you remember what I said to you uh, just before he kicked in um, and made that play? You are worried about it, weren't you? Yeah, I, and we're talking about this during the game, is we don't have a, a designated kick-in yeah. taker. Like, yep. the people kicking in the balls after behinds, mm-hmm. it always changes. And it, it, a lot of the time, it's Hardwick. Sometimes it's Sicily. I've even seen Frost do it before. Um, we, we rotate it a lot. Bramble does it when he's in the side. And to see a first gamer do it at that stage of the game, I was like, hold your breath, mate. Yeah. I, I mean, look, I love the play, but I do actually have to ask you a question. What do you think about us rotating kickers like that? I don't like it. Me either. I think you should have almost set plays with, with a designated... Uh, kicker the only difference is it does depend on the same uh, on the stage of the game because when we go down the middle late in games and stuff you normally see Hardwick who unloaded a barrel in yeah one he's of got them a boot on him them, but he'll be that guy to kind of send it, the ball down Sisley can be that person but if we're take if we're talking about in general play in, in general games I'd be going Scrimshaw. Obviously, he didn't play on the weekend, but Scrimshaw needs to be our kick-in taker. I agree. I mean, I think a lot of people would say Sicily, but I feel like Scrimshaw's just got a little bit more poise and he actually makes the decisions a bit quicker yeah. than Sicily does. So I'd actually uh, go with uh, Scrimshaw there as well. But what are the positives you make out of our game on the weekend? Well, we've spoken about our midfield. That was clearly the best, but I liked our... It's still midfield-related. I just liked our stoppage work and our contested yeah. stuff. Yeah, I feel like that's where we've struggled. And, and we saw that second half against Geelong, every single stoppage we lost. And, and, and you know what? That just made me think of what I reckon the best part about the weekend, the most positive part was our third quarter. Yeah. We played yeah. a third quarter. Yeah, our third quarter. And that was quarter. our dominant quarter, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, especially after we considered that first goal. I was a bit worried that our third quarters might follow the same script to last games. But it was fantastic to sort of get on top of things in that mm-hmm. third quarter. And really... I think, again, our bigger issue is when we're on top of things, we just can't really put teams away. And they sort of came into the game and they looked a lot more potent going forward when they did. But I guess that sort of leads us into the bit of the negatives now. What about the game did you not enjoy so much? Other than the fact that we lost. (laughs) Probably the lack of composure towards the end of the game. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it was the veterans. We saw... And not even veterans, just and more experienced players. We saw Morrison get run down in defence. We saw yeah. uh, CJ get holding the ball, both resulting in goals. And then we saw that minute of frost ball. That they're your leaders down back now. They're your leaders around there that really need to be taking the game on, telling the young guys like Seamus Mitchell and your Ned Longs and all them what to do. And I feel like they were the players for us that kind of... Yeah, went to water when, when the going was getting tough and then we were trying to really save the game. Yeah, I'll follow along on that point. I think what you're sort of mentioning is also our 
defense was a bit average. I mean, all of those yeah. players you mentioned, they were defenders. But we're still winning. We're still winning the midfield battle. It's just when GWS did win a midfield contest and they bombed it in, it always looked like GWS were just going to get exactly a run what on I'm or talking about. get a score. That's what I'm talking about. I thought was the biggest issue. I mean, they went out 54, percent which isn't great. And we're about to play the team who has the highest efficiency inside 50, which is a really worried, a real worry. I'm worried. Um, yeah, I thought we just looked really shaky. I mean, not even off good entries, just as you mentioned, them just bombing it high and long in there. Himmelberg and Hogan always looked a chance, and really they could have put us away earlier if they had a, if Hogan had a kick straight. So I really am looking at our key defending stocks right now and, and am quite worried going forward. So does DGB play next week? We, we, we are going to go into selection a little bit later. Just mm-hmm. a yes or no, does DGB play next week? No. Okay, we'll move on. We'll get to that a bit later. I want your three best for the game. And I feel like we might have very, very, very similar because we are talking about the midfield on the weekend. I'm sure we've got the same players. I can't see a world where we don't. I think there was three clear standouts on the weekend. I'm going to start off with Giant Newcomb, who I thought was clearly his best game of the year. He got the fans vote for MVP, which I completely agree with. I had him as number one. Kicked a beautiful goal. 31 touches at 80%. That that that's a stat I'm looking at. They're eighty percent. I mean, that's not a Newcomb thing, is it? Well, it's you new. have to think about it. Also, I mean, where's Newcomb winning his ball? Not on the outside. He's under pressure when he's winning these. So to go at eighty percent, he's just absolutely fantastic. I'm really happy for the boy, who has had a kind of a quiet start to life. So you know, Will Day comes out and and the boys really show uh, you know showed up in Before his absence. Before you move on, mm-hmm. you mentioned Will Day comes out. These boys start to show what they've got. Yeah. Your next one, I know you're going to say, is Warple. Uh, Does he make your top three? Yeah, I was going to go with Nash. but uh, uh, Nash, yeah. Warple, Newcomb, mm-hmm. same top three. Yep, top, yep. those are the top three. Newcomb, Warple have been rotating on the half forward the they last have. few weeks. Yep. Day goes out with suspension. Both of them are playing full-time centre circle mm-hmm. or centre square and dominating. Mm-hmm. Are there issues? Are there thoughts? Is, do you have any thoughts about that? I, I know what you're sort of alluding to. But I'm going to counter it and say that Norwood Oval was a really small ground where it suited the inside bulls. So mm. they were always going to get a lot of the footy. Um, so it won't work every week. I don't think it's like, you know, I know people keep talking about mix and, okay, Day came out for one week and we're only getting a one-game sample size. Our midfield weren't even bad when Day was in. Our midfield's no, been good all year. Yeah. So I'm not too worried to say, okay, when Day doesn't play, our midfield Our midfield's been good all year. That was easily our best midfield. Do you consider GWS maybe a slightly weaker midfield? Uh, Cornelio, Green and Kelly, probably yeah, not. Uh, I know what you mean, but I don't think they like maybe as players as they once were. I think we come we come up against a weaker midfield this week. Oh, we'll that, that's that, that is definitely for sure. But no, I think Day offers a point of difference. I think you need to keep playing in the midfield. He I does, mean, yep. we have to remember he he won three MVPs in a row. So we're talking about a player that if you're saying what you what I think you're saying is you know okay we this is our midfield balance. Well, you can't take out a player who's had three MVP no, votes out right. of five rounds 100%. and one of the games he didn't even play because he was suspended for. And I think he offers a point of difference. I mean, we need a bit of a mix between inside and outside. And the other three mids we're talking about here, which is Nash, Warple, and Newcomb, are probably more on the inside, I'd say, in general. Um, And I think there's still room, you know, when looking at players like Cam McKenzie, who's going to be an inside mid, you'd think, for the, you know, foreseeable future of his career. Um, So, yeah, I think we're still working out that midfield mix. But the midfield's not our worry at all. So I don't even really want to spend too much time talking about the mix because I think we're just doing well enough to be competitive in all games in a midfield perspective. Well, we also had Nash and Warpool as our, as our other yes. best players. And yeah. you love Nash. I love Nash. Always have loved Nash. Always loved Nash. I even loved him when he was in the forward line and everyone was bashing him. And yeah. I just thought a player like that is, is a Ferrari. Like quick, tall, strong. big, strong, scary. I would hate to get tackled by a person like that. 
Nashi for me is that one player who I just thought need to put it together Speaking and he become tackles. a great player. Speaking of tackles, he laid nine, game high on the weekend. Yeah, Nashi was fantastic. He, uh, he also had the most contested possessions, uh, which was fantastic, and most tackles. So it shows how physical he was. And that's his most disposals I think he's ever got, yep. over 30. So I was really happy for Nashi. Uh, Rare you know, territory for him. Got borderline cast last week with that head cut and that head knock. So I was happy for Nashi. I thought um, the only thing he might need to add into his game a little bit more is a bit of uh, maybe poise on the outside and things like that. But it seems like he's going to be that player who just sort of handballs it to the outside mids. And I'm okay with that because I'd he's also, a big boy. I'd also love him to get on the score sheet. Yeah, I'm not sure if he has a lot of the kicking now for that. Um, and speaking of a player who could get on the score sheet more, but pretty much did everything else but get on the score sheet, is James Warple, who's had a bit of a resurgence this year now. I mean, we did say before the season started that this would be the player that really needed to st- stand up in the absence of uh, Mitchell and Amira. And 35 touches is huge. And he was a real presence. I mean, I, I actually thought he was pretty good in all areas. Maybe his disposals is still what lets him down. But if he's getting 35 touches, I'm generally okay with that. I love hearing you say that because I think a lot of the listeners won't know you are the most critical person of James Warble probably in the world. I, I could be up there. I mean, I'll, I'll give some context for people listening. I think it's because he's been on the list for so long now. When yeah. you really put into perspective all our midfielders on the list, you're looking at James Warble who won the Peter Crimmins medal in his second year and I was massive raps for him. The issue I still have with him, I would say, is his disposal. If he has 35 touches, I'm not complaining. But when he has 20 touches and he goes at 30%, that's when I really worry. I would like him to hit the scoreboard a lot more. I, th- I think that whenever he's in front of goal, he seems to absolutely butcher his chances at goal. Mm-hmm. But I'm really happy for Warple if he becomes good because I don't want him to have a bad time. I just think that in the last few years, and I don't think I'm far-fetched saying this, that he's been very underwhelming and he wasn't in our best 22 in the last couple of years anyway. There's been so many times this season already where he has a shot at goal and he always manages to get the belly of the ball and oh, just like Meek. rock it up. Yeah, like <laughs> Meek. Meek. No, but Meek's improving. He's getting a bit closer yeah, to the goal. You got a point, got a point week. this yeah. week, yeah. <laughs> um, we'll go to your three worst. And I must say, before we get to the three worst, I don't think there was anyone that was terrible on the weekend. Nah. I think that we everyone did, played their role. Everyone played four quarters. Um, a, oh, a few players probably dropped yeah. off, but... There weren't anyone in the team that we were like, oh. And that's what makes the loss so heartbreaking. Yeah. Because, you know, I saw Nash's post-game interview and he said, you know, you look around and you can see all the boys were shattered. And I'm like, I was shattered for them. I mean, they put in so much effort, four quarters of hard football, just couldn't quite put enough points together. I feel really bad for the boys. So, no one... I, yeah, I think I agree with you. No one had a shocker. When Ned Long kicked that goal in the last quarter, I remember thinking, man, I'm like, oh, these highlights are going to be so nice if we get up here. What about like, Jarman as well? Jarman as well. I would have loved it for him to finish the game off. He had a really solid game again, and he's had a, he's putting together a great year as well. Yeah, I just liked his confidence to take that shot at the end of the game. Before we get to the three negatives, I just want to give a shout-out to Amon, who I think had his best game for best the club game as well. Two goals. Um, yeah, you could do two goals. He looked a lot, really composed on the ball, and I hope this is a bit of a blueprint for him to start springboarding to the player that we bought. But, like, setting the bar low, if we got that every week, I would be so happy. Yeah, from winger, 100%. Yeah. And he's our best winger, currently. Right. Start us off. Yeah, perform poorly. I'm going to say this player who I don't think necessarily had a bad game, but because of his strings of, uh, I'm going to say, underwhelming performances this year, I'm going to mention him. Uh, Connor McDonald yeah. has a lot of class. I love Connor McDonald. You really love Connor McDonald. I love Connor McDonald. He's got that little bit of magic about him. You know he could be anything. So skillful. But he just can't find his way into the games enough. 
And I, I feel bad for him because I know that his natural position is a midfielder, but I just don't see enough of him. Do you know what I think it is? I don't even think it's a Connor fault. I think it's a positional fault. And I feel like with how well the midfield's traveling and how well other parts of the ground are traveling, we can't really experiment him where we, where, where we might want to experiment him. If there was a chance for him to be experimented, it would have been the last game. With, with Daisy out, it... I would have thought that that was his best chance of getting some experimentation in the midfield. But yeah, to to your credit of, of putting C-Mac down there, I feel like he really struggles to inject himself into the game. The issue I see with him right now is that he's not going to be able to break in the midfield because he's far down the pecking order. And someone could take his spot on that half-forward line. And I'm looking at players like Dan Butler. No, or if we Sam go... Dan Butler. <laughs> Sorry. Wow, I've been watching too much St. Kilda games. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought? Yeah. Um, no, I actually really like the way they play right now. But anyway, Sam Butler, he, yeah, I reckon he can push for a spot in that team. Or if they go for a tall forward, like Mitch Lewis comes back, for example. Ramsden. Or Ramsden, which we'll go into a second when we get into selection committee. Then that could force one of those other forwards into that half forward position and it might kick Connor McDonald out of the team for now. Yeah. Even though he's definitely starting 22, if he, if he can't find a spot where he excels at, I don't really know what the point of him having there is. Maybe he goes back to Box Hill and sees what he can do there for well, a bit. There's two options in terms of that, going back to Box Hill. I think he, like, you know how he played Cam McKenzie as a sub this week and that mm-hmm. was kind of like, oh, let's just yeah. inject a bit of something different, whatever. I feel like C-Mac can almost provide the same sort of stuff as a sub. Okay. Yeah, I like it, actually. Yeah. I don't mind him C-Mac as a sub. But yeah. to your point, I feel like, Box Hill is the one opportunity that we can just throw him to the wolves down the center circle and see what he's actually got. Yeah. Because we, it, it's like Sam doesn't have the guts to do it in the game with how our midfield's traveling. I don't know if it's the guts. I think it's just, you know, if the midfield's going well, why exactly. would you bother? That, that, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yes. Precisely. Um, I think he might be good for a run in Box Hill. Just a week. Just rest him. Call him managed. Don't drop him. Don't omit him. He's not... I feel like he hasn't been bad enough to omit. Is man, is managed, isn't managed always code for we're going to bring someone else in and you're dropped? <laughs> sometimes, an old sometimes player. they just need a rest. And C-Mac, yeah. he, he, he's out of like Ward and all those people that debuted last year. C-Mac's played, C-Mac's played more games than Finn McGuinness. Yeah. So he, he hasn't really missed a game since he's debuted, maybe one or two. Um, so I'm just waiting for him to explode. I know, he just hasn't. You know what I mean? Like, come on the scene so and much maybe potential. have a three-goal game at least. or So much potential. You know, yeah, I just want to see him. Because Dylan Moore plays in the same position. And you can make yeah. an argument that Dylan Moore can also be sort of that hybrid mid. But he's not going to be because we've got enough mids now. So Dylan Moore had to adapt to going back into that forward pocket role. So I want to see C-Max sort of be able to play that role as well. Otherwise, they're going to find someone else to be on that half forward line, especially when Mitch Lewis comes back. Who's next? Meek. Meek? Yeah. All right. I'm going to say that only... And I think he actually has strung together a couple of good games this season. But the resting ruck isn't working right now. No. And this week when we go into a game where we're going to need a bit of a target to hit because we clearly are having difficulties in our forward line. Meek, I don't think... He's kicked one goal all year. I don't think he's taken one mark in the, inside the 50. He neither has Reeves, but Reeves is very good on the weekend. I'll give a little shout out to him after we pretty much uh, destroyed him on the podcast last last week for having an average start of the year. Reeves was very good. I think he took four contestant marks, which is four more than you take him for the rest of the year, which is fantastic for him. And he just offers a bit more tap work. Yeah. Meek, for me, Lynch is just on his heels too I much. Like, I like that you've brought this up because we've actually got a question asked from Twitter. A guy called Fusa asks, Sam has not found an answer to the key forward problem. Surely Long at full forward is not our best option. 
Are Lynch and Ramsden ready to come in for Meek, who hasn't provided a marking target around the ground and in the forward line? What's this person's name? Fusa. Fusa, you're speaking my language. Exactly what I said. Yes. Well, clearly, Long isn't the answer to our key forward issues. We put him there as, out of as necessity, and he, and, he did, and he did good enough just I to liked him. You I know, carve liked a him. contest. But let's be honest, we're not going to play him at full forward no. for a whole game. He's, that's not his position. He's only going to be playing his like, what, fourth game or whatever. So, Second no, game. I, I'm looking at, well, no, he played last year as well. Yeah, one game, last round. So, it'd be his third game now. Second. He plays a game last week. Long? Yeah. Long didn't play last week. Our last game against Giants. Yeah, so that was his second game. Yeah, so next week will be his third game. Yeah, if he plays. All right, we got down to the maths of the of how many games Long's played. Mm-hmm. But anyway, going back to what I was saying, yeah, I think you've got to bring in one of those bigger bigger key forwards to cover that position. Um, and looking at a ruck hybrid, yeah, Lynch, why not? I mean, Lynch has a Ford Craft. And yeah, I mean, I love Ramsden, but I think there's still questions about him being green. But we'll get into the selection committee in a second. Do you have any more negatives? I mean, I know we spoke about the tall defenders a little bit. What do you think? Why don't you make a DGB's game? Because this is a very controversial one. I've got him in my three worst. Yeah, I do too. And... Pains me to say, by the way. He played a lot of the game on Jesse Hogan. Yeah. Kicked two goals for. And you know what? All those tall forwards rotated a lot between Himmelberg, Cadman... Hogan. He played yeah. a bit on Cadman, and Cadman. I, mean, only I, think, I thought all our key defenders struggled, but I, yeah. I, I get what you're getting at. So I just feel like, and, and it's an issue with a fair few of our key defenders that they're always off the pace, they're always behind the their man, and and I think we brought DGB to the club as being an exceptional reader of the play, and although he might he may have that in it, and we've seen he has it in it, that's why we drafted him. I feel like he's so. So, so, so scared of his size. He knows how slight he may be that he he holds on or he, he I don't know, he, he just has not put it all together at all. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's just his size. I mean, I think I, I partially agree with you because he does have a tendency to give away free kicks yep. out of just sort of panicking. But I think the other issue I have a bit with GGB is like when looking at the uh, after goal vision when they're sort of tracking their man, he doesn't really have that great ability to track one on one. So at least our defense can work as a bit more of a unit. I think as a third man up, he spoils a fantastic. I mean, he has he some great plays on the weekend. But as a one on one defender, that's why I said before, I think Blank's a little bit better. He's a bit bigger, maybe a bit more matured. I, I do think GGB will still come along, but he's really got to work on that on that defensive craft because he just seems to get eaten up by any key forward he plays on it. And I would still make an argument that Himmelberg and Hogan aren't the best key forwards you can play on. So, you know, what what happens when we're playing against, like, Kerno and Mackay against exactly. Colt? You know, like, we're in trouble. So, I think, you know, he's got to be keep building, but I just don't know if, if he's quite ready yet. Yeah, I'd, I would rather blank in the side for what yeah. it's worth. And I'll, 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 make, I'll just put a point in because I know we, we talk a lot about these sort of young players and how they're coming along. Be patient with the keep position players. Yeah. I mean, the midfielders, you know, when they're playing at all their juniors on similar sort of size people, I mean, how big can a midfielder really get? Mm-hmm. I think they're always able to play there. I mean, you look at like a Dacos or, a, you know, Newcomb's already big, but, you know, they can slot in kind of well, but these key position players never sort of come on the scene and dominate. So, not really expecting too much from those sort of likes of DGB and Ramsden and stuff like that. Uh, just just be patient with the key positions. They, they they have a lot of time where they, they're eating a lot of food and growing. I know Mitch Lewis was, you know, on a massive diet to put on size and only when he really sort of became a bit of a monster, he actually started playing to his full capacity. So, yeah, be patient with players like TGB. So you had Meek, C-Mac and DGB. 
Uh, yeah, but I'd also like make a case that CJ and Frost would dodge. They were my next two. Okay, you great. read my mind. Yeah. So I was going to we'll quickly touch on them just because right, I've got them on my list as yep. well. I feel like CJ has been very fumbly, yeah. uncharacteristically. He's yeah. always had that butterfingers, bit of butterfingers, ping pong hands, whatever you want to call it, yeah. um, about him. Almost like he's already off to the races before he's actually gathered the ball. Yeah, he, he's also been very defensively poor yeah. this year. Yeah, and, and I feel like as a backline unit, they probably all have at times been exposed to being defensively poor. I, I think the issue I have with CJ is in close games, I feel like he's just going to mess up at yep. a crucial moment. He doesn't have that poise about him. I mean, like the, the opportunity to fend off in that, I think it was the last quarter. It was just sort of like, come on, mate, just get rid of the ball straight mm-hmm. away. So, yeah, look, I, I still love CJ, but I, I'm a bit worried about his composure down back. I think that's the thing. We've both got CJ and Frost, and in your head, you can just imagine, let's say we're competing for a flag in three years, and yeah. Frost will probably just still be on the list. CJ will probably still be on the list. Oh, they They're two players that on grand final day, you'll be shitting yourself yeah. when they've got the ball in hand. And I feel like we need to do the best we can to minimize those players on our list or minimize those kind of... Or bring in some more level-headed players in the defense because yeah. it seems like our defense is filled with people who are so unreliable. We just need to minimize those mistakes from yeah. Frost and CJ. Yeah. And I feel like Frost always seems to have it. That that Whatever minute that was in the last quarter where he just went nuts and playing on after taking really good contested marks and we all, that... that you could almost say that cost us the game. That's a time of the game where you don't want to full-on save the game when there's five minutes to go because then you end up losing if you hold on to it too much. But you still need to slow the game down to an extent. Yeah. And I feel like at that point, we still had, I think, a goal in hand. We had more than a goal up or whatever that we could have probably taken a bit of juice out of it instead of playing this really high-pressure ping-pong game that was going on. Now, James, I reckon I can speak facts when I say you're you're a bit of a rager when it comes to footy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you, you love your footy, like yeah. we all do. We're all very passionate, but you know, you, you get uh, you get emotional in moments. I I don't think I've seen you get that emotional in the frost moments for quite a while now. Yeah, no, fair call by you. I, I, can't, re- like... I can't repeat it on the podcast. No, 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 no. We yeah, we really can't repeat anything that I said on the weekend in that minute on the podcast. But I I do get really passionate. I've never been that negatively passionate before yeah I mean like imagine what happened if he had have actually got punished off that oh. they don't get to point I think yeah it'd be yeah. A, there'd probably be a remote through the TV or something <laughs> um, housekeeping just while we finish off the yeah. game uh, one injury one went to hospital Chad's actually. tongue lacerated wow what was that how'd you do that no, I've heard something about him not wearing a mouth guard yeah I think he's going through I've got a source he's going through Invisalign at the moment really which he can still wear a mouth guard in and he's not. Right. So... Well, that backfired a bit. Yeah. So, he's obviously bit down on his tongue yep. really hard and... We got selected for this week. <laughs> At Utah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Utah life. <laughs> yeah, that'd be, uh, um, that'll be interesting to see, if he, to see if he's in this week. I mean, what do you think? Just do you play him? Yeah. Yeah. I reckon too. I reckon he just needs continuity. Give him a break. I think fans have been really harsh on Chad. I was thinking about Chad today, obviously, because he's going through whatever he's going through with his tongue. He had an injury-free preseason, comes into the season, gets injured straight away. So it's like normally he gets injured at the end of preseason, misses the yeah. first couple of rounds. It's like, oh, what would you prefer? They're just as bad as each other. Like 
You can't take a trick, can you, Chad? No, he can't. And, and he's had the, the worst weekend. like like of injuries. I, I saw a stat. I think the most he's played is seventeen games, and in Port, the least he had played was eighteen. So correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure the incident that he got he cut his tongue was about was about five seconds after he should have got a free kick. I think that yeah, was his he should second. Have the mark, then should have got a free kick. Yeah. yeah. So who knows? Maybe that. Yeah, he happen. missed a couple of shockers though before that. Yeah. He could have. He should have nailed, especially he, for his level kicking. He did look somewhat on. Yeah, I'd make a case that he always looks somewhat on. I mean, even against Essendon early, he kicked that wonderful goal. And then, I know, he's you know, a bit of an almost a player this year, isn't he? So, it's just, uh, can he maintain on the park? Because this, these soft tinge injuries are getting kind of annoying seeing him in and out. I just don't, I just feel like, how can you build form if you're only playing, you know, once every four games? Well, Peter Burge said he should be fit on the weekend. Yeah. So, we'll see how far that I goes. have a feeling that they're not going to select him. Just They're just going to play the safety card with him again. I just have a small feeling. I hope, I hope it's not true. Maybe. I just, do, I just do. Maybe. Scrimmers is the other one that just needs to get through training. I think he yeah. has a bit of a toe problem. Yeah, we missed him. And that that's what I was talking about the uh, before when I mentioned Defensive our, the shot. calmness of our defense. Yeah. I think people keep asking me all the time about, okay, what do you reckon about defense now? Why is it so much shaky? And I reckon a lot of it's due to the fact that Will Dane Scrimshaw aren't in there. Yeah. I mean, they were both on the half back line last year. And more year. of our composed yeah, defenders you, aren't The they? rest of them, you, you know, you look around like CJ, Frost, Sicily hasn't been on this year. So you've got a couple of players there that just look a bit shaky. But anyway. Well, we do play the Inform Crows 1.10 p.m. on Sunday at Utah's Stadium. Thank God it's in Utah's. Thank God it's in Utah's. Uh, we might not get killed then. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we, we have a pretty good record down at Utah's. Yeah. Um, and as you said, lucky it is down there with the way the Crows are playing. Yep, definitely. I mean, the Crows have a really potent forward line, which we'll talk about in a second. They had a great win. I watched their game against Adelaide on, I think it was Thursday night or Friday night, one of those two. And they looked dynamic. And we'll be in trouble, I reckon, this game uh, with our back right now. Let's go through your changes. Just say mm-hmm. in this person, out this person, okay. and we'll just discuss them. So I'll go start off my ins. Yep. I want Scrimshaw back in. Yeah. I loved him when Fine. he played. Uh, he wasn't that great against Geelong, but that win against North, he was pretty instrumental. Yeah. And the other ins, I'm going to say two, and you can pick which one you take. You're going to say Lynch or Ramsden? Yeah, the two maxes. Which one? Seeing though Mitch Lewis is, as they say, one week away. Yeah. And although Lynch has been in fine form. Yeah. Debut Rammer. Okay. I'm going to tell you what it might pend on for me. If Meek comes out, do you have to play Lynch as a secondary ruck? Because Ramsden mm. does not have the ruck craft yet. Mm. Or, and this guy didn't have a bad game, but just for experience, you put Long out. Okay. And you keep seeing that. It's kind of painful saying, but I agree with you. I, I think that if Long comes out, that Rammer means comes Rammer in. comes in. Because Long was playing if a chunk both, of the game at full forward. Yeah, that's true. If both Meek and Long come out, can you play both Maxes? Yeah. Yeah, 100% you can. Yeah. I would like to see Max Ramson... As just a, a, a just a forward target, just seeing if he can half contest. I'm not expecting a lot from him. He's still a bit does slight. a ruck contest inside the forward fifty. Yeah, definitely. I, I I still think you need to play another ruck, maybe Lynch, because he can still help out Reeves around the, that ruck. But we need some rucks with forward craft, and you could almost have both of them in at one point for the two key forwards. I just think we need to try something different with height. Who did you bring Scrim in for? Um, okay, I haven't gone over my outs really yet, yeah. but I mean, I'm going to say Meek will come out, so obviously that would be one. Then yeah. Long, and I'll say C Mac. C-Mac. Yeah. So, are you playing all of um, DGB, Scrim, Sicily, and Frost in the same back line? Yeah. Okay. That's... Uh, I forgot about that, the other one. No. I'd probably bring out 
DGB and Brim Flame. You know what? I actually don't mind the first one. This this will kind of send us into Oppo analysis. Thilthorpe, mm-hmm. Fogarty, Walker. Walker. Okay, so we're talking about matchups here. So DGB, Sicily, Frost. You'd probably put Sis on Thilthorpe, um, DGB. No, you'd put. I. There's not really a skinny one, isn't there? They're all brutes. I was going to say uh, put Thilthorpe's a little bit skinny. In the you, you put DGB on Thilthorpe. Yeah, you could probably do a job. You'd probably it. put Sis on Fog, and you'd put Frost on Tex. See, I don't like Sis as a lockdown key defender. Well, I, re- I really dislike it. I mean, we don't have a choice this week, of course, no, but no. I'm just saying I don't generally like it. You could put Scrim on one of them, that's for sure. Um, yeah, Frost would probably go to Walker, you'd think, just overall size. Yeah. Sis, I mean, at least Blank comes in. Blank, Blank I reckon, still a chance to come in this one. Maybe just for DGB size. out, Blank. Just for in. size. I don't know if, if DGB is going to get towed up in this, yeah, in this next they're game. They're not a really good forward matchup for him. And yeah. then if their tools don't kill you, they've got Pedler, Rankin, and uh, Rochelle. Yeah, I think one thing we haven't really spoken about with our defense, which is really important coming this game, is how can our team defense work as a team? And not just one-on-one matchups yep. all the time. Because it feels like we get isolated all the time. Like, there should be people flying up, third man up in contests. Like, our good old days where Gibson was flying across every pack that existed. We can't have one-on-ones on leads. We want no. them kicking to packs, hoping that Rankin, Rochelle, and Pedler don't kill us at ground level. That's one thing that stood out for me. I mean, it wasn't like Hogan was marking on the lead or anything like that. Like, no. they were just marking in bombs, packs, really. They? Like, we need to have the third man up, people covering holes and stuff. That, we, that was we the biggest playing, issue. We were playing a plus one on the weekend and it worked. Uh, At defence. We, yeah, we were. And we still went at 55%. Mm. So, okay, did the plus work. one really work? No. Because we got more inside 50s and I'd make it... Uh, we, we made a big statement that our midfield was completely dominant across the day. So, how did we win then? No, it was yeah. because our backline did not hold up. And it, and it was the same against Geelong as well. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Our backline's been shocking all year in terms of... You know, and, and I used to blame our midfielders for that because it seemed like teams would just, you know, blitz us open. And the first two rounds are very different than this last game because this game we actually did not let them transition very well. Mm-hmm. But they were just bombing in there. Like, they, they were terrible entries, but they were still dangerous because we can't seem to get rid of these balls that come in. I want to take you back to last year. And we were at the game. I think Hawthorne notched up their thousandth win in this game against Adelaide at Marvel Stadium. Mitch That's the one we were on the ground. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Mitch Lewis was dominant. But the main thing we took out of that game was the job that Finn McGuinness did on Dawson. Jordan Dawson. Yeah, I remember that. Now, that just leads into me asking you, how mm-hmm. do we beat the Crows? We saw Nash tag Tom Green, who's a very much of an inside midfielder compared to what Jordan Dawson is on the halfback or on the outside. And he does he does attend a few centre bounces, does Jordan Dawson. Mm. Do we consider Finn? Do we consider what worked from last year? We were so dominant against Adelaide because we took Dawson's game away and we took that open kicking out of Adelaide. Now, if Adelaide are just bombing it in, yes, they've got really good marking targets. Yes, they've got smalls that can can crumb, but we can halve those contests. If they've got an elite kicker like Dawson and a few of the other outsiders that they have kicking in on leads, we're really going to struggle. It's a great question and one I don't really have a straight answer for because part of me wants to say, yes, it worked last year, put him on him. We might win the game if we can take the kicking away from them. I think with their potent forward line right now, they're a bit of a different beast yeah. than they were last year. For sure. But the bigger part of me, I think, might still say, you know what? We've gave him Finn a lot of chances to play in the team. He always has a good tagging job. We don't, we're not debating that. But I just feel like you need to have plan Bs and Cs and Ds. 
And if Finn's playing, he just seems to be a one-trick pony. Like, yeah. he sits on a player, and then that's but, it. But they, they can kill some other players. Like, you know, yeah, you're taking Jordan. And Jordan Dawson was fantastic against Carlton. Like, he was BOG. It was fantastic. But, I, I mean, Nash could tag. And he had a great game. I mean, I know he's maybe more of an inside mid-tag, so it might be a bit hard. I, I don't know. I just I just don't know who you take out for I'll him. tell you this. I, I get your point on Finn being a liability, and he only has the tagging is his one would. But it just means that both players are playing with 21 men or 17 on the field. So if Finn, he might be sacrificing his game and not doing a lot. But if he's taking away the season that Jordan Dawson's having at the moment, which is elite, um, then that's a win. Yeah. Who are you taking him out for then? That's the issue. That's when you probably go to C-Mac and say, C-Mac, you can go okay. and take Finn's position in the box hill midfield this week. So you're putting C, uh, Finn on that half-forward line tag? I don't know. I'm not the biggest fan of Finn. I just feel like this is one game that we showed what it did last year, that if we are really serious about getting a win this week, uh, it's a move that we need to strongly consider. Hmm. It's usually one. I, I'm still mainly focused on their forward line, probably, I'd well, say, but I agree with you. Can, mean, I go a bit, last year. can I just go a little bit left field of how I think we're going to win this game? Go on. I hope Tassie gets classic Tassie weather on the weekend. Not only not only is it the wind, but I hope it buckets down. Yes, they've got the crummers, but you're taking away three tools. You're taking away Walker, Fogarty, and Philthorpe. That is three players on the ground. We have some really good inside mids that are really good in wet conditions. So because they're just scrappy, they they they're not precise kicks anyway. Can you go and do your rain dance after this? I'm going to go outside after we press the record button. I mean, to end recording yeah, and do yeah, a rain dance. <laughs> I'm seriously okay. going to do it because right. I feel like if you take away Fogarty, Thilthorpe and Walker, that is three players that will be completely useless like it. Yeah. when it rains. So you want, to be, you want to be an absolute slog. I want it to piss. Yeah. I want, I want it to I want, piss I want to see thick mud on the ground and then watch Thilthorpe try to well, run to the water. Unfortunately, Utah is probably the best surface in the league. Yeah, so it is. Yeah. yeah no it made for a bad spectacle, but I, I understand what you mean. I, I'm going to say, and I'm going to go with my usual sort of saying, and I'll look at the other team's strength and try to minimise it, and that is they got 65% inside 50, right? Wait, 65%? You mean they make 65% of their chances when they go inside that, that's 50? That's what I meant, yeah. Efficiency inside 50 is at 65%, which is ridiculous. That's elite. That yeah. is elite. Yeah, oh, sorry. 65% they went out last week. Okay, well, they and they 57 lost the three, inside yeah. 50 count last week, and they still won the game because they went at no, yeah, they and went Carlton's offense aren't the worst. Yes, they've got Lockie Plowman in there, but they're not the worst offense in the league, I don't think. Yeah, so yeah, for me, it's um, our back line's been a bit of a weakening point. Are they going to blitz us well, open? I mean, if they get 10 entries, they're going to score 10 goals. They, they are not getting a goal every entry if it is pissing down. I can that's assure true. you that. But, uh, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna, retain, I'm gonna say just for the sake of argument that it'll be perfect conditions. Then what do we do? Well, yeah. So, can't we go rely on the weather to win no. games? No, um, and, and I haven't even checked. I'm, I might even just check the forecast. So, do we, are we looking at limiting their supply for your maybe your method about putting McGuinness on Jordan Dawson? Or are we looking at maybe popping another extra number behind the ball? Do you think well, maybe for safety? that's where I was going originally, is just yeah. minimizing their elite kicks inside 50. Because we have been exposed on leads. And uh, how did Geelong F us up in the third quarter a few weeks ago? It wasn't always bombing in. They were finding targets. They one were, on ones. yeah. Because our defensive unit as a well, as a unit have been a bit diff- uh, have been struggling a lot to find a good structure where they can cover spots. Because it seems like, you know, the hidden chest marks in pockets and stuff. So, obviously, our... Our structure defensively has been a bit average. I'm going to 
make a structural recommendation to Sam Mitchell this week. I'm going to say we permanently put a player behind the ball this week. Because I honestly reckon we can we can do well in our forward line. I don't think the Adelaide defence is that great. It's going to be us stopping them from scoring. So I, I'm going to say let's let's see if we can put a loose man behind the ball. Put sisters loose and man up. Well, I'm going to go out and do a really heavy rain dance because it's going to be 19 and sunny. So that's not looking good for my no. tactics. So, yeah, winning territory is going to be important again. Yeah. Obviously trying to get inside 50s. Um, the only way I can really think is if we limit the inside 50s, maybe we're, we're okay. But, uh, yeah, they, they've got a, a bit of a danger of uh, being quite potent. Saying that, our midfield, I think, have got them covered this week. Yeah, I agree. I feel like they've got Laird, Dawson, Saligo. Keys goes in there, but he's more of a forward this year. So they're players that are pretty, like Laird. Laird's teared us up before. Um, they've got players that can really do a job on us. I yeah, don't, Keys I, is actually a pretty decent player. Keys well. is good too. He's, he's down forward now as well. Yeah, so uh, just filling that forward line with all their good players. Mitch Hinge is a young one that's come through that, that's looking okay. So they do have players that can cause us troubles. Probably mm-hmm. not not so well known as, as other midfielders in the league, but they're, yeah. they're still going to be very competitive. Who do you think is up for a big game this week? Now, I mentioned it a little bit before. And, and by the way, I'm two for two on this one. You got two. Yeah. I got oh, Bruce Crichton no, yeah, in yeah. the uh, Easter Monday game. Yeah. And yeah. then I got Newcomb as a big player last game. So, yeah, put some money on whoever I say this week and well, you might win. You've also got a memory because I have no idea who I put last week. <laughs> um, I'm going to say Jarman Impey. Okay, good call. And, and is that a good year or year? It's such a weird play to say just due to the position he plays. Yeah. And like... He's not really a player that we'd normally say in segments like this. I just feel like he's coming to this year with a whole new confidence about him. He's yeah, right I in agree. form. I feel like he wanted that opportunity on the weekend to kick that winning goal. He wanted it in oh, his hands. And he almost got it. One foot away from he, glory. I don't know if you've watched it back. And I have, actually. You might, okay. I was a little bit too scared to, but I have as well. He was surprised that it didn't make the distance and super angry that he didn't make the distance because he definitely has mm-hmm. the leg in yeah. him. That ball held up a lot too. That ball just looked it like did. a pin dropped. Yeah, it's one of those things where sometimes you, it connects better than other times. And I only watched it back to give myself clarity of was there anyone streaming forward that Impy could have passed it to? Was it the right thing to do? Yeah. And I must say it was the right thing to do. Everyone yeah. was... Well, I think you just go for it, don't you? Yeah. You're streaming in 50. He's a good kick of the ball. I, I would have backed him. And, you know, when the ball got further kicked up, I was like, oh, I might go in. And, and then, then you just, saw him on the line. You're like, ah, it's going to get touched. Something but. just tells me now, Jarman is ready to make amends. He's raring to go. He's got this new confidence. He's, he's having a blinder of a season. Yeah. He's going to come out on Sunday. Best absolutely. form he's been in since, like, all Australian form back in, in like... 2019. Yeah, yeah, sorry. So, he's going to come out on the weekend, raring to go, and, and maybe play his best game of the year. It's a good call. I'm going to go a bit left field, and, and one of my favorite players, who I think was one of the quieter midfielders, mainly because he had reduced minutes, but I think he's sort of ready to really take the inside-outside game by storm, and that is my man, Josh Ward. Josh Ward. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he looks like... He's almost in that Conor McDonald position where, for, for him... He's had some good games without having his standout yet as well. He's probably shown a lot more than what Connor has. Yeah. And he gets more involved than what Connor does. But he's still a player that's yet to have like a career best or like make his mark on Josh Ward has arrived kind of thing. Yeah, he's kind I of agree been, with that. Yeah. Kind of been just chugging along, going through the motions. And we are not far away for seeing him just flick the switch and become the player that we think he's going to become. I think so. I mean, I've seen him have, you know, he was pretty good in preseason and 
He's had a pretty good start to the year as well, I must admit, in that sort of mid-20s disposal sort of range. But I reckon it's, he's he's almost primed to explode and have a 30-plus disposal or goal game. I'd love to see our mids get more on the scoreboard. John Newcomb yeah. had an absolute bomb against um, How good was the Giants. But still haven't seen too many goals from the likes of Warpool. Um, haven't seen too many goals from, obviously, Nashi. Uh, Ward neither him so you know seeing some of those midfielders get more on the score sheet I think Ward's two way running is the best we've got in our team Yeah. so seeing him when he starts to bring it up put it all together maybe be, play a bit more risky not just his like short targets all the time uh, I think Ward but I'm also going to put a special mention I say Dylan Moore had a bit of a quiet get, a quieter game against Giants I reckon yeah. he's also ready to sort of blow up a little bit he also kicked a nice goal in the last quarter as well. I thought he was going to grab the shirt again when he kicked it because it was very similar to the goal he kicked um, against North Melbourne. Yeah, I, I, I said it at the time of the game that there's no player I would love to kick you the did. ball more towards the end of the game that's so clutch than Dylan Moore. He just seems to hit the target every time. And I, I want to see him get more on the scoreboard. I know he works as a high half forward, so he gets up the ground and gets more touches than maybe the other players do because he doesn't play as much of a pocket. But I think I want to see him kick more goals because I think he's a really accurate kick for goal. Now, if you asked me on, if you asked me at the start of the season heading into this game against Adelaide, I would have almost penciled it as one of the games that we would almost be favourite. Yeah, I know what you're going to say. Yeah. But uh, with Adelaide playing the way they are at the moment, yeah, I am tipping us to lose by 25 points. Wow, you're going for a big loss. Big loss. Yeah, I just you feel like it's going to blitz us. Based on what we've seen, even when we've won this year, which is once. We have not seen a defensive performance that is making me confident that we can do the job on Adelaide's forward line unless, as I said, it pisses down. You know what? Good call. I mean, I I really do agree with that sentiment. Defences win premierships. And right now, our defence, which was the best part of our game last year, has been shocking. Like, Cade Simpson, mate, do your work. Because seriously, we're really struggling defence right now. Um, and I, I don't even think it's like our team's getting blitzed and the ball just keeps coming in there. I honestly reckon our defense is not holding up well at all. Can I just put my two cents on Cade Simpson for one second? It don't, almost, don't line him up too much. Come on, he's a first-year coach. It almost comes across that he's made all of our midfield, uh, all of our defenders play the exact way that he played his footy, and they just stream out of the back line and then transition back with no defensive pressure at all. <laughs> well, like Carlton in the mid-2010s. Literally. Yeah. It's just know. what I, our I know defense what is looking like at the moment. But we've got to have some organization there because right now, every time it goes in there, I just my heart just sinks that they're going to score. Who are you tipping? I'm going to go to LA this week. Um, How much? By 15 points. Okay. So less than you. You're right. I would have tipped Hawthorne in a lot of other circumstances, but based on our defense and their just winning streak right now, I'm going to go with Adelaide saying that. Tassie's a happy hunting ground for us. It is. We, we only lost by Collingwood by one point in the preseason game. We've won all our games in Tassie this and year, man. We won well, not against <laughs> not against North. We didn't. I said we've won all our Sorry, games. Uh, not against Collingwood in the oh, preseason. Preseason doesn't yeah. count. Okay, fair Never enough. Counts. Yeah, well, we've, we've won one out one against North with that LDU and uh, Simkin. So yeah, there's a win there. But well, I, I do think we generally play well at Tassie. And we might be primed for a win. And Adelaide might be primed for a loss. They've had their three wins in a row they're now. They're due. They're due. They've got no games experience on their injury They're flying all the way, Tazzy. So, yeah, there's all the chance we could upset them. So, I'm not writing us off. I'm saying that, you know, just based on form, a logical answer would be to battle My heart's, you know, really wants Hawthorne to just smash them this week. Well, I hope we are going into this podcast next week on the back of a win. And, and gaining yeah. Mitchell was hopefully for the, yeah. for the following game. 
I will say this though, speaking a bit away from the game for a second. If we play the way we did last week and lose more often this season, I don't care. Yeah, it's I don't care. Look, it? we don't care. Like a good draft pick is a good draft pick. And walking away from a loss and being proud of the boys' four-court efforts, making us proud, making us have something to cheer for, a close game, it's so nice to go on a three-quarter time and not be out of the game. Mm-hmm. Very well said. It, it's shattering. And, you know, I'm still flat today about the loss. Yeah. But about our future, I'm not flat at all. No, and, and you said at the start of the podcast, it, it came across like a turning point, and it really does. It really feels like this is the start of kind of the new era. It builds belief. that The thing that separates the young teams and the older teams' experience is a consistency of effort. Yeah. And the effort was so consistent on the weekend. So I reckon that's a great sign for the boys to have the confidence, hey, you did it last week. Mm-hmm. Let's try again. Well, we could be talking for another two hours. We really could. Where can you find us? You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And to watch the podcast, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google, and Spotify, I believe. Beautiful. And that is at the Hawthorne Fancast. Um, And we'll join you next week, hopefully after a win against the Crows. Thanks. Go Hawks.